What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 128. On this episode, uh, I get a call from a dude I went to high school with named Eric Fawcett. Uh, we talk about all kinds of shit. He talks about this book, Dot Com Secrets, that I guess I have to buy. Um, growing up in Warwick, Oklahoma, um, doing business on the internet, veteran discounts, croc brains, Iran, uh, just how you grow and change as a person, religion, a little bit about fishing, and probably like 12 other things that I forgot to write down. But uh, thanks for checking us out. podcast with Mo. What up? Uh, I'm joined by no one yet. I'm going to call someone here in a minute. Before I do that, I'm going to go ahead and do all my you should give me money routine. So I have patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. I go there Give us any amount of money a month, and you'll get early access to the podcast. Uh, maybe I should start doing more. I really need ideas from y'all fans. What would y'all like to see from the Patreon? I'm just not uh, creative anymore, so uh, let me know. Uh, we have some producers like my mom, Hurricane Haynes, uh, Marshall Adarmanish to Bear, Jay, Pow Wow, Snappy, um, holding us down, keeping this shit together. Uh, and then we also have a merch shop. Got some new shirts up if you didn't hear monday's episode we got some premium and some tall cuts because the uh, original cheaper ones they're fine for maybe some of y'all skinny people but it doesn't work for me so uh, we got some better shirts in there now for you to check out um so both of the links to those websites will be in the comments of this podcast if you're interested uh the person i'm about to call is someone i actually went to high school with uh his name is eric fawcett he does all kinds of shit. I think he went to the Marines when we got done with school and then he started like a divorce mediation company and then he's always made websites and now he does some uh, SEO, which is search engine optimization shit. Uh, he does a little fishing, you know, he fishes in tournaments, tries to make some money there. Um, seems like he's all over the country, always doing all kinds of shit. So uh, I figured he might as well be halfway interesting to talk about on here we'll see and uh i know we disagree a lot politically but we both think of ourselves as being in the middle so that's fun and uh anyway let's give him a call yo what's up all right man so what's up how goes life life goes man how about yourself uh it's it's all right i make this podcast you know uh and i make music and then i do a normal shitty day job but that's just how it is awesome man stay busy hey man I try to give you an intro of everything you do. Um, so, like, how do you describe if people are like, hey, what do you do? What do you tell them? God, <laughs> I say whatever I want. <laughs> um, realistically, though, I mean, I, I kind of, uh, well, kind of categorize myself as an entrepreneur. Like, I do um, a lot of business consulting, marketing, uh, sales consulting, business development, business automation. Uh, own a small business and I, you know, kind of fish. Of course, that really doesn't bring in a lot of money for me, but it's, uh, it brings in a lot of business. So just depends on, you know, kind of like a jack of all trades, master of none is what I really probably categorize it as. But, <laughs> right. but usually they say, what do you do? I say, whatever I want. Because <laughs> uh, freedom is like my biggest theme. Like that's just my biggest thing in the world is free time. Like what, like I like to do and just go and be. And so, uh, and I don't like to say that arrogantly. It sounds kind of like a shitty, arrogant, uh, you know, way to look at things. But um, it actually, I don't know. When I, I guess, when I dive into it, it's a little more, it's a little deeper than that, right? But 
that's usually how I start it because it's kind of hard to describe what, you know, I do. So Right. And I mean, it is somewhat arrogant, but in general, like I would love to make enough money off podcasting and music that I didn't have to do the day job. And that would provide a lot of freedom. So I get what you're saying. Like that would be awesome. So I don't think that's a uh, book. I've got a book on my desk you need to go and pick up on Amazon. Uh, it's called Dot Com Secrets by Russell Brunson. Uh, you need to look that look into that because it'll literally give you a pathway to do exactly that. Um, yeah, that'll open. That'll it's, it's just sitting on my desk like per like you're like, hey, how do I do that? Well, right here, it's in Russell Brunson, Brunson's book. But yeah, dude, check that out. Hell yeah, perfect. Um, all right, so and then you also went into the Marines, right? Like right after high school, that was like exact like immediately what you did, if I remember correctly. Yes. And so like, that's why I like got the whole freedom thing going on. Like, like that's why I got like the, uh, the whole, I want to do whatever I want thing, because I pretty much like, you know, in America, if you had anything that was, I felt like would be the closest thing to like modern day, like slavery or something, it would be do a deployment to Iraq with the Marine Corps. Cause like you have no, there is no you time. There's no, like you're, you're on someone else's time constantly. And like, you don't have freedom. Like it's stripped from you when you work for the government. It was great. I mean, I love the Marine Corps. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, I was sitting in a, in a gate post, you know, in the middle of nowhere, Iraq, and I'm just looking at empty desert, uh, you know, for hours and hours on end for weeks and months. And, and I was like, man, I'm, I, I want to do, you know, whatever, you know, I want, I want to be able to go and do like, you know, you know how it was, how I was growing up. Cause we grew up together. Right. Uh, you know, worked. I mean, a summer for me was like in the morning we'd roof a house, uh, and then at like noon go to lunch, and then one o'clock we'd go and uh, you know pick watermelons till like five o'clock, and then I'd go work with Uncle Jerry in the, at six o'clock and haul hay until like midnight, and then I'd wake up and repeat. And that was my life, like always growing up. So by the time I'm sitting at this point in Iraq, I've had I don't know in my my little eyes like a lifetime of hard work, and so uh, I had this entrepreneur bug, and I just I just saw it. I was, I just, you know, asked questions. And, right. And, and I would even say before we graduated very early on by like freshman year of high school, you were like, I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to make a bunch of money. And you were very determined. <laughs> and like, that was your attitude very early on. So, well, and you know, we just didn't have a lot. I mean, mom right. and dad were always arguing about bills. And that's why I say, if you really uncover the do whatever I want thing, like if you, if you unpackage that, uh, it goes, it goes back, man. I mean, cause you and I, we've been bros since like two I, years older. Uh, actually younger. before that. So according to my mom, uh, you were the first other baby I ever sat with, like where they put an infant next to another infant and you were the first one and I was born two months premature. So I was really little and I guess you were a big ass <laughs> fucking baby. So like this, I was a big baby, like eight pounds is like 12 ounces or something stupid. Like I was big. So the size comparison between us, I think was pretty large. Um, but I remember that I remember visiting you when you first lived in on highway five and no people that aren't around where you don't give a fuck what highway five is, but you lived on highway five back <laughs> in the day when we were really little. <laughs> you, you, do you remember when I got into Miss Bobby about the five hood? <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, and then you moved into town and then you moved back to highway five later, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah, so we definitely go way back. I would say, uh, like I hate acting like who was, you know, everyone was poor where we're from for the most part. Right. Like I don't want to act like yeah, anyone. So, but like, I feel like me and you are about the same, at least for me, I know it started out that I was really poor when I was young. I lived in like low income housing and all that, but my dad got a yeah. good job when I was like 11 and they started making more money. And now my parents are okay but yeah well and, and that's the thing is like i hate even use the word poor because 
um, well, like Mike, you know, growing up compared right. to me, I was the rich kid in our friendship and, and we were not a rich kid like at all, but man, like, uh, me and my dad got into a fight, what my senior year, yeah, my senior year. And he kicked me out for like two weeks. And so I live with Mike and dude, we didn't have like, uh, like heat, like heat, like there was no uh, hot water. And I live with Mike. There was like no hot water. And I was working at the truck stop for my uncle Jerry. So like, I was like, helping them, you know, eat with my money. Like I was just contributing to the family, which was kind of cool. Um, honestly, it was, it was perspective, but they didn't have anything. Her, her, their mom, I mean, she was, I think she was living off of like $400 a month. I mean, it was right. impressive what she was doing with w- what little, uh, she had. So, you know, my parents had, uh, were definitely better there, but so I always hate to say we were just the poorest in the world, but my parents were always fighting and arguing over money. And, and, and like, I'm like, Hey, can I get this candy bar? No, we don't have the money. You know, right. It was like, no, 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 no. Like I heard no more times than I've ever heard yes. The candy bar thing's perfect because I've told this to other people before of like, yeah, my family wasn't poor, but like I, I couldn't get a candy bar every day. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I couldn't have went into a store and been like, hey, can I have a candy bar? I won't be like, fuck no, like special occasions. What the <laughs> hell? Like that's just. Well, yeah. And, and that's the thing is like if they said yes all the time, like it would literally uh, hurt hurt their income. Like it would hurt their ability to pay bills and provide. And so. It was just everyone says money doesn't buy happiness. I'm like, yeah, well, neither does poverty. You know, I've done both. Right. Um, and I've, I've been happy with money in my pocket and I've been happy broke. I, I mean, and it's another thing. It's like money for me. I don't even care about money. I really don't even care. Like it's uh, it's just a tool. It's like you're a bicycle or a car. You know, um, you know, I just bought a you know $75,000 truck or whatever and did a bunch of stuff to it. And that's just honestly, if I didn't do the fishing stuff and if I didn't have the like it's it's more of a. Uh, a fish attractant, so to speak, it's a bait, right? Like, you know, when people see a vehicle like that and you're wanting to try to get them to do marketing with you or uh, let you consult with their business and you're saying, Hey man, I need $5,000 a month to tell you how to run your business better. You need to look the part. And so honestly, dude, I could live in a van down by the river son <laughs> right. uh, and be happy catching fish and living off the land. So it's not about money. It's just all about where I want to go. So money just happens to be now with me. I love to fish. I mean, uh, I spend like $50,000 a year fishing. I mean, it's insane amount of money. And, uh, but it's my passion. It's what I love to do. You know, the entry fee for my tournament that's coming up like uh, two weeks from now, it's like $1,900 or $1,800 or something like that. And, and I'll spend, you know, two, three, four thousand $4,000 for this whole, just whole trip. And it's like a week trip. And, and that's, you know, it's just like, I couldn't do that if I didn't have the right income. So, um, if I didn't want to fish, if I just want to go to a pond and if I didn't want to competitively fish, then, you know, I wouldn't need that. So, you know, if I ever want to, like, if I ever filed bankruptcy, I think the world would be like, oh, he's a failure, blah, blah, blah. But I'd be like, no, man, I just like, I'm, or you're not happy or you're, no, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Like with or without money, uh, my activities will be limited. I want, I love to travel, love to see the world. Uh, dude, most eye-opening thing in the world. I don't think I've ever told you this, but when I was on the way to Iraq in 2007, um, I was in a uh, in an airport in Budapest, Hungary. Like <laughs> they flew us commercial to Iraq, so like we go from like Oklahoma City to California for a little bit, and then we go from California to like Ohio, and then Ohio to like England, and then we went to Shannon, Ireland, and then we went to uh, Budapest, Hungary. Like in the, like freaking crazy, and we're in the you know in the airport in Marine Corps uniform, you know desert camis, and this guy walks up to me. We're talking. He's like, hey, uh, uh, Fawcett, huh? I was, he's British. And I was like, uh, yes, sir. And he goes, Where, whereabouts are you from? You're not from uh, Texas or Oklahoma, are you? And I was like, 
And I'm kind of like, you know, because they've taught us about security and like red flags and like you don't talk to people and all this other stuff. And I was like, um, yes, sir. He goes, which one? I said, um, where are you from? And I started reversing the questions. He goes, oh, I'm from London. He goes, I've spent some time in Oklahoma. I said, where about in Oklahoma? He said, Warica, Oklahoma. And so at this point, I'm like, all right, hang on. This is either freaking some guy trying to like, I'm about to get like kidnapped from my unit or something crazy is going to happen or this is just insane coincidence. So I just, I was like, screw it, whatever. So I was like, Oh yeah. What do you, uh, what, what he's like, is that, is that where you're from? I said, actually, yeah, that's where I grew up. But you know, I was just there not so long ago. He goes, um, he goes, you wouldn't know a guy by the name of Chris Fawcett would you? I was like, no freaking way. I was like, how in the world would you know that name? He goes, well, I worked at a place called Beaver Lumber with Daryl, uh, Carol and Beaver, really good people. And I think there was a Chris Fawcett worked there for a little bit. I was like, so this guy's from London, England, freaking British folk, dude, you know, and he's 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 been to Warica, America. Like oh, yeah. of all places in the world he could have possibly been, worked with my dad's lumber yard. I told them that I think they said his name was Benji or something like that. But um, long story short, little town, small town kid, I, that immediately impacted me because I realized how small the world actually is. Right. And and things just went from there. But that's crazy. Like like little town, like it gets it gets around, bro. Like <laughs> Yeah. Um it, it is crazy when moments like that happen. I mean, I had something similar, but not quite as crazy, of course. When I worked at a place where I was doing like customer service on the phone, um, some guy who lived in Wichita Falls, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm from around there. And he immediately goes, oh, from your voice, I would say you're from Warica. And I went, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, shit. <laughs> Dude's got Didn't it. No, we had our own accent. <laughs> Me either. I was, and I don't think I talk like a lot of people. So I was like, oh, man. This dude's good. You've done better about the redneck thing. I get hit with it all the time. Like if I'm in California or somewhere, they instantly think I'm from Texas. I'm like close, like right? Five miles. When I go see, uh, I have grandparents that live in Colorado, and I haven't been there in forever. But uh, when I used to go there more, they would all act like I had such a redneck accent. And the thing is, <laughs> like my grandpa was like a rancher, and all of his friends were ranchers, and they all sounded like anybody else to me. I was like, "What are you talking about? Y'all sound just like me." But um, <laughs> they used to give me a lot of shit. But I have somehow avoided it. Um, my other co-host, Snappy, on on Mondays, you know, he keeps the country vibes going for the podcast. But for some reason, it just hasn't stuck with me as well. Unless I get in character. Sometimes, you know, like when I'm really comfortable, I'll get into like my redneck voice. Or like if I do an accent of my dad, you know, it's like super fucking country. And people are like, your dad doesn't sound like that. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's how I do it. <laughs> so well, it does to me. <laughs> It's so funny. My dad one time, um, and it, I mean, he he know he doesn't know any better. And it's not like it. it I don't know if it's embarrassing to me or if it was just funny. Um, kind of, it's like okay, it was, it was like almost embarrassing because the guy we were talking to, he was kind of a you know well off guy. And my dad said, "Oh, well, let me get my good shoes." Right. <laughs> and the way he said it was just like it just cracks me up because he's got like I get on I, I get on him a bunch. It's funny. He'll say. Uh, he'd say while ago he said oh yeah we did that while ago i'm like what's a while ago i know he means a while ago earlier but he says while ago like 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 wall a go or something i don't know and then uh he's got another one he says uh what is it he's uh it'll hit me it'll hit me when it comes back to me he's got all these little saying my dad's the same way like over yonder (laughs) or he'll be like it's over yonder and i'm like hey motherfucker i don't know what that is like is that north, south, east, or west? And is it feeder yards? Like, what are we right. miles? <laughs> He'll ask me like to get him some some tool that I don't quite know, and I'm like, well, where is it? It's over there on that thing. 
And you're like, all right, I need a lot more info than that. I can't. I can't. You draw a GPS. Like, <laughs> you Google it to me. You're like, um, <laughs> see, I think a lot changed for me when my mom worked uh, at a finance place uh, when we were in high school. And so she all of a sudden knew a lot of people's financial information. And she just would always be like, all these people in your high school who you think are rich aren't, or a lot of them aren't. She was like, most of them are in debt by a lot. And things are different. And my parents are my parents have like perfect credit, and uh, they've just been really smart on that that shit for whatever reason. My mom, dude, my mom had a perfect credit. It was crazy. Same yeah. deal. My mom stressed so much over paying bills. Yeah, and and it's like if we go like when I went and got a my truck in high school. I remember my senior year, uh, I wanted this old Dodge Dakota because that was like my dream truck or whatever. And uh, they were like trying everything to get them to buy a brand new car. Cause they're like, you have perfect credit. Like you will get the best deal. My mom's like, we have perfect credit. Cause I don't buy new cars. You know, she <laughs> like has her rules or whatever. Um, but they all figured it out. Now my mom, since I've graduated high school, she became a nurse. And so like, they're doing uh, you know, a little better off now these days, but man, that's, and that's crazy. When it, that's the, that's the key for me is like when I like in a business, if I understand how the money works with it, like how it flows, how it comes in and where, you know, how it's acquired. If I understand that little piece of it, I can figure out how to make the product or the do the service, like the doing and the, and the making all that. It's, it's not hard. You just need to know the tactics behind it. Like it, nothing's, com- and that's another thing. Like nothing's complicated. There's a, there's an old art of war there, like uh, general Sun Tzu, freaking some uh, Chinese or Japanese dude, general from like way back in the day. He wrote a book called art of war, but he says that, you know, nothing's to be feared. It's only to be understood. And, uh, that's just when I actually learned that in the Marine Corps of all places, like they were, they made us read a lot of stuff and there's always, believe it or not, like to be a jarhead, you have to be really smart. Like you actually have to do a lot of book study and, and learn. And I think that was on the general's reading list or something like that. But, um, but anyway, I picked it up and it's, it's a really good book on art of warfare and there's a lot of really wise, like tactical knowledge in there. Uh, but that's one of the things that really stuck with me. And, and it's, of course it's a, a quote everyone's heard. I mean, it's not like it's, you know, that's the only place it's heard, but, um, but anyway, that quote stuck with me. And so literally I've learned to ask questions rather than be afraid of like a new thing or jumping out into something. I just kind of, I just, I just, I don't want to fear it. I just want to understand it. And, um, and, and a lot of times if you just ask the right questions, you know, that leads to more questions and those questions lead to answers at some point. And even if you ask the wrong question, it can read you, lead you to the right question, which leads you to the right answer. And so, it's just like if, if I, my question usually is just how does the money come in? Like how, how is it, you know, what's the, like, like you might have, um, what is it? Something that, okay. There's a thing written on my board. It made sense. So like, there's a thing that's like a, a low cost offer. It's like nine ninety five per year. Okay. Uh, the, but just the $9 and 95 cents that five on the end of it, you know, the nine ninety nine or whatever, it's really 10 bucks. But if you, if I ask you how much it is, you're like, Oh, it's like nine bucks. Like you're going to round down 90, 95 cents. <laughs> right. Um, like, and so there's just tactics that like, that's just a simple tactic, but there's a little, there's simple tactics that if once you understand those, like there's, there's things that happen. Like, I'm like, how in the world are they making like, like boat sales, dude, I thought like, okay, maybe the summertime is the only time they're, where they're buying sail, uh, boats. Well, I was just at the Oklahoma city boat show here recently. And man, some of those guys probably sold a million dollars worth of inventory this weekend. 
And so, but that's one of the tactics is we put up a boat show and have everybody show off the, the new boats for this year and people browse and there's always people looking. Um, sometimes you have to order a boat, so it takes a few months. And so people want to buy it now so that it's ready by come time for Memorial Day. And so there's, everything has like, and that's another thing. It leads me to another little thing is like, um, someone's figured it out. Like the dumbest thing, the biggest thing that I that liberated me was to be dumb. Like just admit that I'm dumb. I'm an idiot. I'm the dumbest person, you know, I'm stupid. And as long as I stay stupid, I'll be the smartest person, you know, because all I really have to do is say, okay, what did like this book I told you about Russell Brunson's com secrets book. Russell Brunson is an amazing human being. Uh, he's, he does this thing called click funnels. It's a software that uh, lets you build like an online funnel. And a funnel is basically just like, um, a website is an example of a funnel. Um, you know, a website, you, you bring people to a page and you show them, uh, you know, some sales copy and you try to get them to take action. Okay. So, um, a funnel is just something where you get, you bring a lot of people to it. You give them an offer. So traffic plus offer equals profits. You bring enough people to it, to a, to an offer. Um, you can, you can generate profits. And so what, what, ClickFunnels does it, it. It takes a complicated process of making a, a, a funnel. Now, it's ClickFunnels is not easy. Like, it, I'm I'm in a mastermind that costs like twenty five thousand dollars a year to learn about this stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's like, overtaken beat so, beat selling in the last couple months. Uh, ClickFunnels has been a big hot button issue. So I'm a little familiar. Slightly. That's cool that you're familiar. Really cool. Dive into that, man. Because like, uh, I mean, it's a rabbit hole that just. I mean, it's it's a cool rabbit hole to go down. But once you understand, like just the systems and processes, the psychologies, the whys, uh, it, it's not hard. It, it's just like anything else. Like we, we jump in the car, we start, we turn the ignition and we hit the gas. Well, man, when we were, you know, 15, 16 trying to learn, we were dumb and like almost hitting stuff. And, and now we just jump in the car and we can, you know, text and drive or whatever we're not supposed to be doing and get from A to B just fine. Right. Like anything you, you, you go to tackle, as long as you just learn that, like you, you're real good with math. Like I couldn't even do the math stuff that I know you, you're capable of. Um, but I could if I would just sit down and, and, and study it and fall in love with it, right? Right. Um, but most people fear something like that. They're afraid of it for some reason, like whatever reason. Um, and it's a false fear. Like there's nothing actually in the way. It's just fear of yourself. So you remove that and just try to understand something that's basic, break it down to basic components. Anything's possible. And that's so from the small town kid, I always looked like, okay, like this world's like, okay. Going from Warica to Duncan, <laughs> thirty minute drive, dude. That was like, like we gotta get dressed up, go to Walmart. Like we, right? You know, we like that's. Dude, just, I went to Walmart like a, and sweatpants this morning. <laughs> it was like I don't give a fuck. But yeah, back in the day, yeah, it was like, like I hope nobody puts me on people at Walmart today. <laughs> right. I was like, I don't care. It's like five minutes away. Um, yeah. And so speaking of all your stuff, it reminds me a lot of like issues I have selling beats. Now, um, selling beats is a very oversaturated market at the moment. And there is mm-hmm. some uh, like monies I need to invest in like an ASCAP or BMI account and try to get some royalties and try to figure out a way to get beats on a TV show. Like there's some other avenues I, I haven't really explored because I'm an idiot. And uh, really, I've only been doing this beat making thing for like 15, 16 months. And I wanted to get good. And now I do feel like I'm pretty good. Uh, but it's weird when you're like, quote unquote, a creative, 
right? Because like I view it all yep. through like, um, you know, I don't want to be corny. I don't want to come off like this or like that. So like the fear thing you're talking about is very um, obvious for me of what I like. You know, I have this artist integrity that I'm trying to do, which is fucking stupid. Or like someone's like, bro, you need to have louder kicks. And I'm like, no, sir, for the overhead in this mix. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, I have all these principles. Uh, but really, it, none of it matters, you know, and uh, anything that would help get me traffic. Like if I could get more people to view my beats, I think I would do pretty good. But, yeah, I don't get, you know, very many well, so people. One to of the it. things you'll learn in Russell's book, uh, one of the things you'll learn is the difference between a blue ocean and a red ocean. So imagine this like Internet just popped up. You know, you remember, you remember when I was making CDs for everybody in town because I was like the first CD burner? Yeah. Dude, if I had the brain I had now, there's so much stuff that if I had the brain that I have now, I would literally have become like a millionaire in high school. Okay. Like if I just had half of what I know now, I would have been so, cause I was doing all this computer stuff. No one was doing it. But when that came out, you know, Napster, I had Napster. Oh, and I had dial up internet. That's my one limiting thing. Like if I could have got it faster, but, but I was selling CDs for like 10 to 20 bucks. Right. And, uh, and so like it was a blue ocean back then, but then, I think you're the next person that got a CD burner and then someone else got a CD burner. Now everyone's got a CD burner and no one needs me to build them CDs anymore because everybody has them. And so that's what you call a red ocean. All right. So the blue ocean, you know, you can put a lure in the water and catch fish every cast because the fish have never seen nothing. But then all of a sudden the water gets muddied up or bloodied up because all these other fishermen come in like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And so now everyone's doing it. And so in order to really break out in a red ocean, you have to identify a unique uh, opportunity and create your own sub blue ocean outside of the red ocean, right? So beats is like a big red ocean. And, if, and, and, and you know, it's funny because everyone in our little town we grew up in would probably make fun of you for making beats. Oh, he's, he's white. He should be a rapper or whatever. But what kills me about that type of scarcity uh, and limit, it's called scarcity mindset. Uh, my mom, when I first started my own business, I was working at Reynolds Ford and Norman making like a $2,000 a month guarantee plus commission. But the plus commission wasn't happening because we had to uh, make up to your guarantee at first. And dude, there's a recession. Like gas was $4 a gallon. It's cash for clunkers. Like what's it? We, we weren't selling that much. Right. And so um, when I quit that job and went out, um, she was like, oh, my gosh, please go back your job back. It's 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 safe. It's comfortable. It's you know, it's guaranteed. You, you're, you got to guarantee 2000 a month. That's good money. I was like, mom, I, I pay my, my apartment. I pay my rent or my, uh, my car payment, my insurance, a little bit of food. And I'm really getting tired of ramen noodles. So like, I, I mean, I'm not making like the only way I was actually keeping ahead was because I was in the Marine Corps Reserve. That extra $327 a month was coming like good for me. Like that was doing really good. <laughs> like that was keeping me afloat. Like about that, I, I don't know what I, I'd have figured something out. Um, like back then, that's when I really started digging because it was like the it was like the Marine Corps. I had no free time. Like the car business totally like robs you of your free time. Uh, it's an insane, weird schedule. And so I would go to Barnes and Noble, and I couldn't even buy a book. I was so broke. So what I would do is go to Barnes and Noble and just like read a book. I put a like a uh, like on, on motivation, success, whatever, just something in that business category. And then I would like put it at the back of the shelf with a bookmark, and I would go back like the next day and just read it for free at Barnes and Noble. And um, and that's what I was doing. That's how I started, you know, figuring out my way. But um, it, it's just crazy what what you can do. Like, when, and you know, if you get out of that scarcity mindset. And when I took the leap of faith, I mean, the second time I took a leap of faith was when I kind of supercharged what I was doing. My brother 
he got me a job at Walmart Distribution Center, and I was making $16, $17 an hour, which, you know, it's pretty good money, especially for a young kid, like 23 years old, 22, something like that. But I already had this side business going on, and I would make anywhere from $2,000 to $4,000 a month. Um, but I was, and I was making, oh gosh, $1,800 a month or 2000 after taxes, something like that at the, at the Walmart distribution center working like, I think it was Saturday, Sunday, Monday was my shift. So it was like a full week, but in the weekend. And I was going to OCCC up in, up in Oklahoma city. Well, I started realizing, you know, a, that I have potential with this business thing and B, um, I, it was like, I don't know. I woke up one, well, one weekend, the area supervisor brings me into his office. He's like, Hey, we just want to say your productivity is really good. I know you're a Marine, so I think that's why you're doing so good. But, man, this is – you're doing really good work. And honestly, you can slow down if you want because we don't even need you to be this productive until, you know, about three or four months from now. So um, a lot of guys get going. It's too easy, and they leave, and we want you to stay. Like, we could see potential here. And and, uh, and I was like, oh, thank you, sir. You know, hey, how you like the work? Oh, I love the work. It's, it's I really like it a lot. It's keeping me shape, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, he's like, what do you what do you do outside of here? And, and, you know, I told him some stuff I was doing. And I was like, you know, honestly – um, sometimes I make, you know, the $1,500 a month I make here. I, sometimes I make that in a day. I was like, I make that in a day. Right. And I, it hit me and hit him. He, his eyes got big. He goes, really? And I said, yeah, but, but man, here it's guaranteed money and that, that could be up and down. And, and, and plus this has got really good benefits. I have none there. And well, I've got the Marine Corps. I've got insurance there, but, but still, I mean, I, I, I want a future. I want a career. I was like reverse selling myself. He's like looking at me kind of cr- like I was crazy a little right. bit. Like either A, I'm lying or B, I'm dumb. One of the two. But right. Probably that you're lying. <laughs> he, he, well, he's like, we could see you being a manager and, and <laughs> you know, trying to do that whole thing. And, uh, and Walmart's a great company. I will never knock anyone for working at Walmart. Freaking amazing organization. Like they have so many opportunities for advancement. Like I love when I see people complain about what Walmart store workers get paid because I'm like, you're an idiot. They have literally so much advancement opportunities uh, that someone with no you know, education whatsoever can, can end up making six figures in no time. Like it, it's a really, really good company. Um, I think it's probably if you're young and hungry, just as a side tangent, because my grandma worked there for like 25 years or something. And she had always said that uh, before Sam Walton died, it was a great place to work. They had such a great atmosphere. But then after Sam Walton died, it just got very corporate, which I think for someone like her who saw it before, like she would complain. But I think if you were young and you understood the way the world worked now, you could play. You could game the system. That makes sense. Sure, sure. Yeah. And that, and it comes down to ambition. I mean, most people want, I've heard a lot of people talk and, and what I can't stand, like I'm a veteran, I cannot stand seeing, um, veterans complain about, we need more benefits for veterans. I'm like, holy cow, dude, we get free healthcare through the VA, um, which is huge. That's massive. Okay. And we earned it. I mean, I, I don't disagree at all. We freaking earned that. But, um, like I've got a bulge disc in my lower back and it freaking sucks, dude. Like I'll be like, that's why I got fat because like I, I had an injury when I was in the Marine Corps with that back and it just, when it wants to flip out, I mean, I'm, I'm worth Yo, it. Dude, I, I have a bad back too. So I get it. <laughs> you get it. Stupid man. It sucks. Like I, like, um, I can go but, uh, tubing or four wheeling and it's all fine. But like, I just turn the wrong way one day and all of a sudden I'm out for like a week. It's like, sorry, I turned the yeah. wrong way. Yeah. Dude, we were at Elmore city with my little brother came home on leave. He's in the Marine Corps. Come home on leave. And um, we went to Elmore City to play with my older brother. And, dude, I did like a layup. And I just barely turned something weird and tweaked it out. And I was I was out for a few days. And, and it was bad. Like, it's level 10 when it happens. But right. so dumb. But um, but I just get tired of people. Any Anybody really just like – like I was at Bass Pro Shop. And this guy was cussing. I mean, at, older guy, probably 
could be Vietnam era uh, type of guy, uh, but he had you know veteran hat and all that stuff, and and he was he was cussing this girl. Well, that's fucking bullshit. We're for goddamn veterans, and you, you used to ten percent, which wasn't even that much. Now you only do five. That's motherfucking travesty. And I freaking I I, I mean I, I said, sir, excuse me. He said, sir. He goes, no, sir, me. I said, hey, fuck you, sir. I'm a United States Marine. Fucking, you're gonna stop talking to this girl like this. You understand that? And he, I just, I lit into this guy. Like I had him, I was like, parade rest, motherfucker, which is like, I don't know, parade rest, like where you put your hands behind your back and you listen to the person talking to you. But I made this old man get in parade rest. <laughs> and I was like, you self entitled son of a bitch. They don't have to give you a dollar or a percent or anything. It's out of the kindness of their freaking hearts. And I bet, are you 100% disabled? He's like, yes, sir, I am. I said, all right, shut your mouth. I said, you're 100% disabled, so you don't pay taxes. Okay. So you're getting tax free plus 5%. I said, take it and fucking leave. And you apologize to the girl. Because, I mean, it was just bull crap. Like, Bass Pro Shop doesn't have to give you a, anything. Right. It, it, it's a thank you for, for your service. And and there's a lot of veterans. So, like, literally, Bass Pro Shop Cabela's gives you 20, 30, 40% off. They're going to really hurt their margins. I mean, it's they're there to make business. And I think people complaining about companies making a profit is just is stupid. Because, like, literally, if you had that job or you were in that position, you would you would take the pay, too. Right. So Especially like, a company like that that I bet has an initiative to hire veterans and all kinds yeah. of, you know, like, I bet sure. – yeah. I don't know. So it, it, I'm, I'm not saying that everything like the VA, their healthcare sucks. Like that's something you want to complain about, complain about veterans dying at, at, in the line at healthcare. I'm fine with that. But my point is when people like there's never a, well, people in general, I mean, I'm just using veterans because I am one. That's a, one I can identify with. But like and I'm not saying we don't try to be better as Americans, as people. But like all I'm saying is like I've been to third world countries and like the people, I mean, life is not like we have it so good. Like it's. Uh, it's funny when people tell me like, Oh, I really wish I could have lived in the 1800s. It would have been so cool. <laughs> no, I'm like, okay, if you have a toothache, they pull it out and all you get is whiskey. Like, I don't think you understand how painful that would be. Yeah. Like it is literally the best time in history of the world to be alive. Like it is the best time in the history of the world. And, um, you know, so I just, I don't know. I've had, I just perspective though. You can't, I, I don't try to knock people too hard. And that's why I like the political stuff. I don't get like when someone differs with me in a political opinion, I don't get mad at them and, and hate them. Like I'm so annoyed by people getting upset with you know, political stuff. Right. Because like they've got their worldview of why they look at something and fighting with them about it is not going to change anything. Like it's, you know, my only, my only thing to everyone is quit your bitching because we live in the best time ever. Yes, we should work toward always make it better. But like we need to count blessings every now and then because freaking we've got it good. Like we've got it way too good. Like right. I promise you. And one, uh, there's like a handful of people I know that I could probably sit and argue slash talk politics with that disagree with me. Um, and it's somewhat constructive, but normally in today's day and age, it seems like it's not because everyone comes in with their, like they already believe what they believe. And then yeah. you believe what you believe, and then y'all will each give your point. And then even if you convince someone, they can't admit it at that moment. They have to like wait, <laughs> and then it's like a year later. They're like, "Over time, I've slowly convinced myself that this is my new perspective," <laughs> which is fine. You know, it's pride or whatever. Um, and, I, and I'm the same way. I'm not even gonna act like I'm completely different. I'm sure I'd do the same thing, but. Uh, it's funny. It's just funny. That's the point is we're human beings. We're not perfect. And that's my whole thing. And pride. I'm so glad you said that word because like I'm on a pride kick. Like I'm all about human pride right now. And like because like if I tell you, Aaron, you're wrong, like you're, you're totally wrong about that. And let's say you are or you're not. But let, let's say you, it doesn't matter if you are or you are wrong. Just the fact that I said you're wrong, it will trigger something of a defense. 
And my point is why? Like, why do we get defensive when we think we're told we're wrong? Because why is it like, like it's almost like it physically hurts someone, like as if a baseball bat or a knife is struck. And I don't understand why. I mean, I, it, I, I think I get it, but I, I don't understand why, I guess, because because it's like there's nothing actually happening to you. Like it's not it, it's and I understand why. I mean, it's in you. It's literally the croc brain. It's like the, the uh, such a limbic system. They call it a croc brain. I don't remember what that's called. Uh, it's the thalamus. It's like the lowest. It's basically the lowest. Like you got three different systems in your brain, like the croc brain, the limbic system and then the uh, no. Gosh, thing. Hang on. I'm looking up something because um, I want to see it. But yeah, speaking of what you're talking about, like it's it's very apparent in my job, right? So like my day job, I do some tech work on computers. Um, and there's one guy who's like our network guy, and I don't know a whole lot about networking stuff. So if I say something to him and he's like, No, you're wrong, I normally don't argue. I'm like, Oh, okay. But if it's the guy who has the same position as me and he tells me I'm wrong on something I know I'm right about, I'll get defensive. You know what I mean? Or like yeah. I think it's if you think you know that already, you get more defensive. Like, for instance, like, I think I know quite a bit about beat making. So if you were like, no, bro, you need to do this and this, I would get defensive. But if it was about – that's your expertise. Like, that's your thing. Right. But if it was about fishing and me – you know, you fish more than me, but we both fished our whole life, I'd be like, oh, yeah, probably, man. That's probably a good point. You know, I don't think I'd be as defensive about it. So – so what I'm what I'm talking about is, and this is there's, I just pulled up an image on Google, but it's like the brainstem. It's like where you where your survival's at. It's the first thing. It's like the gut reaction. It's like the it's the croc. The way I call it the croc brain because it's literally fight or fly, right? Right. And then the next next system up is the limbic system, and it's the emotional. That's where we, you know, I don't like my feelings. Like, oh, oh my gosh, you hurt my feelings. Am I loved? Like that's that's where your emotions come from. And then above that is the uh, prefrontal lobes or the uh, neocortex which is your executive state. And that's where you got logic. That's where logic happens. So it's almost like if you can ascend, like literally when I'm trying to process things, I will try my hardest to go through a series of thoughts that elevates me to the limbic system or the, I'm sorry, the, the neocortex because the, the, the croc brain and the, uh, the limbic system, the emotional, those are where we, we get screwed up. And I think that's where 99% of people live. I think most people live within the brainstem and the limbic system. And if you can just literally transcend into your, into your prefrontal lobe of your brain and just think with logic, okay. You know, pros and cons like Benjamin Franklin style, like, like, okay, winning this argument on Facebook with a guy that is it sometimes, like sometimes I'll get into one and there's, there's battles that I'll pick and I'll just go ahead and be an absolute asshole because like, like this General Soleimani, dude, I know the guy we killed. I know uh, he was like in charge of uh, the, the thing called an EFP. It's an explosively formed uh, penetrator. It, it's an improv, improvised – it's an IED, right, a bomb, roadside bomb. But it's smart. Like instead of just being a wide blast, it forces the blast into what's called a cone, right. a cone-shaped blast. When it goes into – it pierces body, uh, uh, armor on vehicles – and but when it goes inside, it just bounces around inside the vehicle and absolutely destroys the inside of the vehicle and everyone and everything in it. And, uh, you know, I, when I was in Iraq, um, I had some buddies that were uh, in a convoy and uh, and I wasn't they weren't with my unit. But we went to uh, the, the one that died. Uh, we went to boot camp. I'm pretty sure I think we we're in boot camp together and we went to our um, MOS school together. And then so I knew him and he, he had a twin brother. And then another buddy of mine was in the actually in the um, the gunner seat, which is the you know the gun above the Humvee. But it just it absolutely obliterated him. It was the biggest at the time. It was the biggest EFP that ever exploded 
in Iraq. And even then, like this is, this was not common knowledge. Um, you know, my buddies had told me, uh, you know, cause I just happened to run in some, some buddies that were in that unit, um, at the, at the, uh, at the chow hall or the PX and the PX on the base. You heard of Al-Assad uh, base that was just attacked. Yes. Like by and like the counterpart. That's where I was at. Like I was stationed there. And so it's funny. I'm like, Oh, everyone knows where I was stationed now. Cause I've told people that base and they're like, Oh, I've never heard of that. Well, they've heard, everyone knows it now. But, um, I was at the PX like there. I could show you exactly where we were at when he told me is and um, and he's like, did you hear about what happened? I was like, no, and it sucked. But he and then he says, yeah, man, like what we're finding out is like this is the biggest type of bomb. Like it's a new type of bomb. Uh, they're calling it EFP um, and it's manufactured in Iran. This is 2007. And this is like not common knowledge that Iran was is it wasn't like I mean, it's, it was known within the ranks, but like it's not common public knowledge that Iran was funded terrorism. And so. Like this General Soleimani guy was literally directly responsible for like he didn't plant the bomb, but he was in charge of that whole program of arming insurgents. And so fuck that guy. Like anyone who like sympathizes or said we shouldn't have done that, like I'll, that's where I'll go down to the freaking crock and emotional brain, forget logic. And I'll tell you straight up, fuck you, because this guy, you know, directly re- resulted in my friends being killed and others. Um, and he was a bad dude. need to go away. So, um. Stuff like that, yeah, I won't be logical. I'll just be a straight dick. (laughs) Right. See, I feel like um, I I definitely do the whole logical brain thing. Uh, That's probably why I went and got a math degree. You know, a lot of that's very logical, analytical stuff. Um, But I do feel like I do it too much. Um, Whereas in like, for instance, if we used Iran as an example, I have to think of both sides too much to where I'm like, well – I guess in like 1940 or whenever it was, we overthrew one of their freely elected leaders and put in our own leader, and that's led to Iran holding resentment to us for 80 years. Well, they hate us. Right. It's and so a valid like, freaking argument. So like I can't not think about that, even though it's like, well, who cares? We're Team America. You know, like I know like that's probably how it should be. Oh, yeah. And then uh, there's also like even like for selling beats or anything, like I'm I'm my own worst critic to the – because I'll be like, oh, these, you know, part of me is like, oh, these beats are good. I can rap to all of them. I can make a song with any of them. You know, someone else could as well. They might buy it. Here's my prices, blah, blah. And then another part of me is like, well, there's better people. These aren't worth it. You shouldn't even sell. You know, like I I always <laughs> just see the both sides of everything dude, to where it hurts dude, me, me a lot. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> it's funny because people talk a lot of trash in any any circle. I don't care what it is. Like I put this free video up. I, I had this thing I was trying to fix on a website. Like basically these these icons weren't loading and it's stupid. Like I could not figure out how. I spent like nine hours researching this and finally just got lucky and came across the answer, which was not obvious. And all you got to do is paste the snippet of this code in your website header and it fixes the whole thing. And I went through exa- – I was like – like you ever try to fix something? You're like, oh, like you're pulling your hair out. Yeah, and you yeah. can't figure it out. This is my job. That's every what day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what it was. So I found this freaking code and I freaking inserted it, fixed it. So I made a YouTube video about it and a landing page and all this stuff. And this people on this video were like, oh my gosh, this was so stupid. Like, why couldn't you just get straight to the point and give me the answer instead of make me watch this six minute video? And I was like, bro, six minutes of your life so I could give you a free answer, take you through my thought process. It took you nine hours. And- Nine hours that I don't have to tell anybody. I could just go about my life and not put it out here. He actually, to his credit, ended up coming back and he's like, oh, you're right. Now that I look at it, I'm so, I apologize. Thank you for the information. But like that's people get on a keyboard and they just they they go to the crock brain, man. They just attack. And 
And, um, but, but yeah, you know, Jesus had haters, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ, he had haters, you know, so like the Lord of creation or whatever can't, um, you know, can't get, get on the earth without people hating on him. Right. And to keep it on just, if we only keep it at just music, I say this stuff all the time. Like you can go on Twitter right now. Cause you know, I'm on Twitter talking to people about rap music. Half of the people on my friends list hate Eminem. They're like, he's fucking trash. He only sold records because he's white. He's not even that good at rhyming words together. And you're like, what the fuck? And then there's other people that are like, Jay-Z's horrible. If Jay-Z wasn't from New York, he would. And I'm like, guys, these are amazing rappers. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? So, like, everyone has haters. Like, everyone. Uh, Everyone. It is. And the way I feel like it is if people people hate on you, you're doing something right. So what I finally kind of – started doing this maybe more logical than um, cause I have people sometimes they're like, well, I know that you have good intentions and you're trying to help people. Cause now I understand what you're saying, but the way you come off is kind of arrogant and an asshole. And what's funny, it, the it's funny cause a Bible verse comes in my head and the, what comes into my head is like, let he who has an ear, uh, let him hear. <laughs> it, it's like not even ex- at all what it's saying, but the point is like, I'm, I'm putting a message out there. Whoever's going to listen to it and take it in can take it. And whoever cannot accept it, they can go about their business. Cause I, I can't, I don't have time to sit here and try to cater to everyone. But what's interesting is there's people I argue with and then I piss them off and then they come back and they're like, Oh, well, I see what you're saying now. You just need to do it less dickish. I still win because they got the point I was trying to make. But if I tried to be all like toe, toe, tiptoes and like, you know, like soft little pillows and flowers and stuff, it's like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't come across. So I was like, look, here's my point. Take it, leave it. You're good. Whatever you want to do. Right. And, um, and I think it's been a more logical way to approach some things because, and it's honestly, it's a business thing too. It's like, like I said earlier, like traffic plus offer equals profits. You're not going to get 100% of it, everybody to convert into a sale. Like you're just not. And, and if, in a sale, all a sale is, is a transfer of excitement from one party to another. That's it. It's not a dollar thing. It's a transfer of excitement about something to another. Um, and so if you're not going to excite everyone with your offer. And so you can optimize, you know, well, if you have your way, you cherry pick the clients, the, the type of person, the personality you're trying to sell to, and you focus on that. And then everyone else that comes into it either come or bounce. But um, yeah, you can't convert everyone no matter how good you are. So at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, you know, if you don't like it, take it. Uh, Jesus had haters. All right, so if you have any questions, suggestions, or corrections, please email us at a podcast with Mo. That is a p o d c a s t w i t h m o at gmail.com. Perfect. Boom. And uh, this might be a little personal. We can go into more like, you know, childhood stuff. We wanted to wrap it up. But I do think the biggest difference that I can tell about you from what I remember from you from high school to now attitude wise, and I think I'm way different too. So, uh, you know, I don't know how, but I'm sure I'm like really different is you always seem to have almost like a victim complex, but you used to always be like everyone was against you. You always had this whole like, uh, you know, y'all didn't, you know, these people don't like me doing this. And I remember always thinking like, I just thought we, me and you were both kind of normal. Like I didn't think of either one of us as necessarily too crazy one way or the other, but I remember you always felt like people disliked you, if that makes it like you always had that. And I'd always be like, man, I think you're just fucking, I think you're paranoid. (laughs) Well, dude, no, let me bring it full circle. Um, so like I'm by, by default personality, I'm massively introverted. Like, 
like literally as soon as you start talking, I'm nervous as fuck. Like I'm like literally scared of like who's going to listen to this and what it's going to sound like. I walk into a room full of people and the eyeballs like pierce my soul and I feel like I'm just damned to hell immediately. Like <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, walking to church on Sunday when we were kids and like I felt like everyone was just judging me immediately. So I just had this introvert complex thing going on in it. So get this in, in high school, you know how I would just always get into the people like someone's like, you're gay. I'm like, no, right. You know, you know like, is it, and they're like joking. They're like, they're trying to like, like play with you. But right. I use I would, a, an example that you would love as well. I told this to people all the time as far as how I handled the gay jokes versus like our friend chance in high school. Right. Like if someone <laughs> called chance gay, he would fucking CG. lose his shit, dude. He would lose it <laughs> for like two hours. And I would be like, oh, yeah, I love sucking dick. Yeah. Yeah. That's my attitude like nowadays. Like that's it. Like that, someone's like, yeah, you're a fag. You, like somebody tried doing that to me on the Internet one time. And I'm like, well, now that it's out there in the open, you are kind of cute. And they're like, what? Right. I'm like, yeah, I just think dude, that's funnier. That out. And our friend Dew that we went to high school with, he was always the one calling people gay, right? If we're talking about our class. So like Dew would yeah. call Chance gay and Chance would freak out. And then Dew would call me gay and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I love it. And then Dew would never call me gay again. You know, he would no, just he call you would just call Chance gay. And then we'd always be like, Chance, just shut the f- quick crying about it. Um, yeah, like literally if you, the more you cry. And, and I wasn't as bad as Chance, but I oh, was, no, I no, was no. a couple steps below him, though, you know. And, and so and I admit it, like I'm not afraid. Like, there, is there a, a slight pain factor? to it? And that's the pride thing. Like there's a right. slight pride thing where I don't want to admit that I had this problem. And I was like, you know, because because I mean, if you look at me in high school, like popular might be a word like, I mean, everyone knew me and like, I could literally go into any circle and like have a friend there. But at the same time, like, you know, I played sports. I was always, you know, a good athlete. Everything, everything was good. Like I was successful in everything, just not at social stuff. Like I wasn't successful getting along with people. I think I get that from my mom. Cause she was like an, like a homebody, never hung out with anybody. And she was always saying, Eric, what are people going to think about that? Right. You know, or like she was always when I was a little kid. So I think that's where it started with my mother and I love her. You know, she doesn't know me better. I turned into your mom is what happened. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> so I've turned into your mom. Uh, <laughs> I try to explain to people how I was in like every extracurricular activity and that that was halfway friendly. You know, I wasn't like the meanest person and my f- college friends or adult friends are like, there's no way like you're so mean and introverted. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> be like, hey, you know, because I got tired of y'all. That's why well, I got arrested. But, um, I got arrested. Is what happened, and uh, I was like, shit. All right, I'm at home. I'm just sticking to myself. You calm the freak down. Is what you did. You're like, hey, we, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. So, full, so I'm in high school, and I get I get in trouble. Now, when I would go to like church camp or like basketball camp or away from Eureka, I get along with people. So, so I I leave and I go to boot camp, and I'm a leader. I'm in charge. I'm a squad leader. Everyone liked me. I was I was just, you know, one of the dudes, right? And then I get to my MOS school in back in Oklahoma and I'm treated like shit. And it, and I so now I'm back to the whole Eureka thing. I'm like, oh, I'm back in Oklahoma. Well, then I get to my unit and they treat me like shit. And so I'm not getting along with them. And we go to Iraq and I dude, I'm like I'm constantly getting in trouble because I'm like not like I like looking back, I, I made this big, big mistake. Like I had a girlfriend I met at like Texas Roadhouse. And so Is I would go hang out with her and they're like, hey, I- I met uh, when you were in the military. I remember seeing you once, you and Mike, and you had like an Asian girlfriend. That wasn't the Asian girlfriend. Dude. She oh. was awesome. She was after Iraq. Um, oh. This girl was was before Iraq, and she actually like cheated on me and like quit, like like left me while I was in Iraq. Like it was a bad deal. Oh, the typical military girlfriend I see. 
typical military girlfriend, Jody. Jody back home, he got her. <laughs> I mean, she's a sweet girl. I think, uh, you know, to, to give her a little credit, I think she was just uh, going through a find herself phase in her life. And, and you right. know, she was just, you know, and she had this friend. If I blamed anything, I blamed this friend of hers that, like, was like, you don't deserve to be treated like that. And I was like, treated like what? Well, so she would call me, like, if I got a chance to call back home, and then she would just go through this whole, like, like how her how bad her day was and all this stuff and it was like mediocre stuff like I went to class and it was so stressful and I was like fuck your stress you know, it's like <laughs> and that so I probably you know kind of probably uh, handled some things not you know as good because but I was like I don't want to hear your complaints like you should say what I went through today like right. whatever but uh, but but anyway so anyway her friends like you don't deserve that and blah blah and anyway it is what it is. Um, so, but anyway, so I, I, so I hung out with her instead of the guys. And so I didn't build that, that bond, that first initial buddy bond. I try to like run from them. Like, okay, I'll be, be with y'all at work. Once we're done with work, like I'm, I'm out. Like I want to hang out with y'all. And so I, I kind of ostracized myself again, like kind of like I would do in high school, same thing. So then I, so then I get there. So I do all that, get in trouble all the time in the Marine Corps, have friends, but you know, it's just like, it's just exactly like high school, same stuff, different, different place. So now I'm like, kind of got a taste of. Well, okay. Then I go back to, from Iraq, I discharge and I start working in the car business when I was a reservist again, or well, for, for the first time, like, uh, cause I went to boot camp training and then straight to Iraq. And then when I got back from there, I was in a reserve. So I had to get a job, like part-time Marine, you know, and I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm got a job. And what do you guess what happens? You may guess what happens next. I start getting into it with people at work. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm getting into arguments this point, you know, and I would always find little things like, oh, you don't like Marines or you don't like this or like one boss. When I finally quit um, this boss, I had the two week thing we do in the summer, the two week training. I came back and he was like, if I could fire you for being gone for two weeks, I would. And, and he's like, I freaking hate that shit. I was like, oh, you don't support the Marines. He's like, no, fuck the Marines. He actually said that. And I was like, all right, let me make your rather than smash your face in and get in trouble for assault. Let me just make your life uh better. I quit. And that's when I quit and started a business and, and life was better ever since. But, um, I was already kind of planning this thing anyway. I just had to, had to freaking hustle and right. that's what happened. But, um, but I started looking back and I'm kind of butthurt. Like I was, I was depressed a little bit. I was like, Oh my gosh, look at, I'm like everywhere I go, everyone hates me. It's like this big, like everyone back then was my space. I feel like they put a bulletin out and they're like, Hey, hate on Eric. I'm like, what the freak? And I'm like, why does the universe hate me? And then something logical kicked in. I don't know what, man, call it God, call it something, but something logical kicked in. And I was like, there's no possible way that everywhere I go, everyone doesn't like me. Okay. There's no possible way. The only thing in common with everywhere I go is me. So then I get depressed because I think I'm a bad person, right? I'm like, oh, I'm a bad person. Man, that's what it is. I suck, you know? And then some more logic kicked in. I was like, no, you get along with some people and some people you don't. So let's just analyze this. There's, I, I found a video or a write down or something. If I can find that, it's super personal. It's like a video journal. But if I can find that thing again, I'll freaking play it because it's like me going through this, working through this, like, uh, you know, what is it that, you know, here's some goals I have and to, you know, quit, you know, get along with people and make, you know, people quit um, hating me. Well, anyway, so I finally figured out that it wasn't everybody. It's actually me. I'm like, okay, what am I doing different? And then I met this guy. He's real sociable. And I'm like, if I just be like Kenny, like my friend Kenny, if I just be like Kenny, everybody likes Kenny, I'll be fine. And uh, so I started just picking up attributes of Kenny and and there's confidence. And, and so he told me, he's like, man, there's times I'm scared as hell as people. So when I'm scared of them, I just try to make them laugh or I try to, you know, just get in somehow until I'm not scared no more. And that's what I do. I just I just suck it up until I'm not scared. It's like dancing. He's like, I suck at dancing, but I'll go dancing until I got enough beer in me or something. And then, you know, it's, it's fun. 
I was like, holy crap. So I, I took on that attitude. Um, as I got better at sales, it opened me up to people and I started realizing I'm actually pretty good communicating with people. And, uh, and then as I do more personal development, I start realizing that, uh, man, I was just introverted, man. That's all I, I had an introvert personality, a big one. And I still have that, but I'm able to replace it with, you know, well, it's more fun when you walk into a room and everybody loves you. So like don't, and the key to it is just, well, there's a friend, there's a book. I thought it was so dumb when they made me read it, but it's called uh, how to win friends and influence people. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this is stupid. This is savvy. Yeah, I've heard but of it. it's actually one of the brilliant like business books ever made. Like if someone's trying to sell and all you learned was that book. I've read it like five times. And it and like, it says things like the name is the sweetest sound in any language. Right. So if you get someone's name, right. Like, when I meet foreign people, like I get, I get along really good with foreign people because I take time to learn their name and I, and I take time to listen to them. I don't just, you know, get pissed off because they can't speak English good. So I'm always really kind, you know, just loving to people. And so literally just taking an interest in other people, hearing what they got to say and uh, remember their name, like just simple things like that. And you're 99% there and, and actually given like care about the human being in front of you. And that becomes a friend and a friend becomes an asset, man. Like that's, that's what I've developed over time is a lot of assets in the form of friends and, um, man, it, not a day from high school. Like right. I, I love talking about it because there's someone out there that is like, I don't know, scared of life or scared of people. And, and I promise you, people aren't that scared. What's crazy is people are actually just as introverted as you. Like I, I've met some of the most successful multimillionaire people like you would ever meet and you have no clue. Russell Brunson, uh, he's the guy I was talking about. He gets on stage, talks and. He's a big introvert. I mean, it's it's right. very common, and so I think it's I think it's just a human condition. It's a pri- it's honestly a pride thing though, because like literally, what does it matter what someone thinks about you? So when you said pride, man, that triggered me. <laughs> right. Well, and <laughs> that's, a, that's a. I think like a topic. a couple things. Uh, I think a big deal, and maybe this is like stupid, and it's probably like not PC or whatever, but. We didn't have like girls in our class. I mean, we did. We had like nine girls in our class or something, right? <laughs> and that was it. And we right. didn't date any of them. Now, uh, even like the quote unquote attractive guys in our class, you know, like they didn't date girls in our class either. They went to like they dated people in other towns. Walter. And I feel like Duncan. me yeah. and you, uh, for whatever reason, we weren't the meet people in other towns type of people. So I, I mean, I freely mean like I didn't date anyone in high school. You know that girls weren't into me like that. And I used I usually say it's because I was fat or whatever, but. It's semi-untrue for me. Um, I, I did the dating girls, other town type of thing, but I was really quiet about it because I cared too much about people making fun of me. Right. Like, um, and I didn't have like a ton of girlfriends or whatever, but like I would, I would every now and then have a girlfriend. And, and uh, it's funny because like how I meet them was like MSN Messenger. Like, right. <laughs> I don't even remember that. But that was our that was our text well, message back in the day. I'm comparing it also to like one of my best friends in high school is Justin Boone, right? And he was having sex oh, with yeah. a different girl like every week, and then so like yeah, he was he was. So for me to see that and then me be like, no girls like me, oh, you know, like that would make me <laughs> depressed all the time. And then when I got to college, even I was like, I don't know. And then also I really enjoy marijuana, you know, and now that it's medically legal here in the state and I can get it, um, that's changed my life. Like I became introverted because I couldn't have anyone know that. Right. I'm like, yeah. I can't trust anyone and everyone judges me. And even though you can have whatever thought you want about people that use that sort of stuff, um, I, you'll never convince me someone who smokes pot on a daily basis is worse than someone that drinks alcohol on a daily basis. I've just met those people. I was in a fraternity. I, I've seen that. So uh, I just was like, well, I I've can't. seen a lot of good come from it. Um, I've seen a lot of good come from it. I've seen people that have a really bad anxiety. I've seen them, you know, just stay calm. I've seen people and. I mean, look, dude, what kills me is about most people that would argue, especially 
probably your more churchy people who would argue against marijuana. Um, those people have a ton of, of narcotics from the doctor right. and, and like just a whole box of pills, but it's somehow okay because the doctor said it's okay. And, and what, what kills me is they'll abuse pain pills. They'll, they'll do all this stuff and they'll literally destroy their body. And I'm pr- like, yeah, maybe you have some, some smoking issues in your lungs from, uh, from smoking weed. Cause it's, it's just smoke, right? Maybe that's, that is a side effect, but it's gotta be better than cigarettes. Dude, cigarettes have freaking rat poison in them, bro. Like right. they put, they put rat poison in them because the rat poison is actually a blood thinner and it thins out your blood so that it helps get the nicotine into your into your system better. Like so <laughs> they put rat poison in your cigarette so that you'll get nicotine intake better so that you'll want more cigarettes. But that's okay. That's right. legal. That's that's within the law. But man, this 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 leaf we want to smoke and just make me happy because I'm a miserable person. Like, no, you are a sinner and going to hell and a and, and like you're bad right. and you're and, so horrible. And that was a big part. I mean, you bringing up the Christian thing, like I'm not very religious these days, but I was, you know, in high school, if you'll remember, I went to church, enjoyed it, all that. Uh, I remember getting arrested in college my freshman year, going and trying to talk to the church in Warica, and they were just like, you're a piece of shit for doing drugs, you know, and there was no um, ifs, ands, or buts about that. And so it was like, well, then fuck y'all. That was really my uh, first kind of like, him. right. So I was like, well, I'll figure this out on my own or whatever. And uh, I get it was illegal and blah, blah, blah. And I've, I've done all kinds of stupid shit, you know, besides pot. Um, but it has helped that some of that stigma is off of it. So um, I feel like I could be more comfortable, right? My but like there is plenty of times the, where I just. Well, my favorite thing is people that I've seen come uh, like, like partake in it or whatever. Like they get the medical card and now they're doing it. I've seen some of the biggest critics that would talk so much trash about you or somebody. And now they do it. And it just, I just. I, that's the kind of stuff I can't stand. It's just the hypocrisy of like, well, dude, I mean, you can, okay. Like you can look down on somebody for what they do. Cause like you can say, man, I just don't agree with the way that person lives their life. And that's, I think it's okay. I think you should be able to do that. I don't think you should be mean about it. And I don't think you should judge and talk gossip and do all that stuff. But if you just, you can avoid somebody if you disapprove of their lifestyle, but the way people stigmatize and like, like, dude, I'm, I'm not gay. I'm not going to be a transvestite or right. any of this weird stuff. I, I think it's so weird. So I really don't want to hang out with somebody that does all that. Now I've got friends that are gay. Like that's, that's cool. But as a matter of fact, I did a video about the other day on Facebook live. I was like, I was at Sonic and this is, I think high school or college kid. He was like, he was like, okay, guys have a nice day. Like, are you okay? Like he was just freaking flamboyant and, right. and girly about, it. and I was like, okay, if you want to be gay, in 2020, it's totally okay. Like you can do whatever you want. I'm not going to judge you for it. But what I will judge you for is why do you guys sound like a girl? Why can't you just be a dude about it? Like, yo, bro, like uh, cuddle. <laughs> like, well, there are those types. Opinion, but like, what's that? I said I think there are those types, and I think those types are attracted to his type, and that's why they're all playing a role. Um, I <laughs> I just think you should be allowed to make fun of him for being flamboyant without it having anything to do with his sexuality. Because like we're saying, there are multiple types. Like. I do think people that are overly flamboyant, it it doesn't make me uncomfortable. Dude, it's just like, it's just like what? It's just like someone right. It's just like a redneck person that tries to talk redneck. Like they try to be as like redneck sounding as they possibly can. It's like it's like when you it's like when you okay. My favorite thing is in high school. You know, you have like the nonconformists, like the people who are like depressed, like I'm wearing black. But you all I'm must like, wear I don't, black. I don't if you want to be in our group. Yeah, you know, the whole South Park thing. Yeah, I'm like you. Literally, are a non nonconformists are conforming to the nonconformists. Like you just picked a group. That's all you did. Right. So like, I just love that type of thing. But I, I don't know, man. Like I think, 
I think, I think, yeah, I think I should be able to be like, that's funny, dude. Like, uh, you know, if you want to dress like a lady, like whatever, I, I should be allowed to be weirded out by that to be kind to the person. I should be nice to them. I should be like, Hey, um, dude, lady, like I'm confused. Like I'm confused. Okay. They're confused about their sexuality. And so am I. Okay. I should not be like, like in trouble for being also confused. Like, you know, I mean, like, like, let's just be, keep it real. Like everybody have their thoughts and, but just be nice, be nice to people. If I think it's weird, it's cool. I'll still shake your hand. I won't be like, no, I'm not touching you. Queer. Like I ain't, I ain't being one of those rednecks, but I I might think it's weird. Now I'm not going to do that. But like, I I mean, I, I, I knew this dude that was a lady dude had boobs and everything and like estrogen and all stuff. And uh, he was funny, dude. She, whatever was funny. I can't say, I can't say she, when there's a thing hanging, like, I just can't do it. It's, that's my, that's my decision. I don't know, but I was nice to the person. Like I was like, you know, I was, I was friendly. And the, the fact that it just, I don't know, people try to force, everyone tries to force their thoughts on you, no matter what it is. Like if you're religious or not religious, my hair, Hey, this is going to blow your mind. Cause I know how you like to think deep. Like what I like to say is this, okay. Atheists who believe in the big bang and Christians ex- believe in the exact same thing. Their logic is both equally flawed. Here's why. I've actually said this on this podcast before. So we're on, we're the, good. Dude, dude. So like atheists believe there's nothing and then boom, there was something. They call it bang. Christians believe there was nothing and then let there be light. There was something. It was God speaking. Okay. Both of them agree that they believe that what was there, like the matter or the God was always there. Right. It just always was. Basically, Christians would call it omnipotence. Like God was always present, never has a beginning or an end. He was just there. And so both of them agree on the exact same thing. They just have a different mechanism, and and both of them are both equally flawed. Like both of them are. Like you can't prove either one. Well, right, right. You can, you can make conjectures, and and you can take a picture of the universe and see it expanding, and talk about the expanding theory. But like it's still theory, right? It's like we can't go back. Well, the and theory absolute- of gravity is just a theory, but we know it's real. So I mean, just saying it's a theory is not quite dude enough either. A, a friend, of mine, a friend of mine is super religious. He had a really good uh, argument the other day. He said, you know, you don't know how you can tell God exists. He said, just like dark matter, you can you can measure his influence. I was like, all right. Well, I mean, that's 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 witty. Right. But, uh, as yeah, a not, as a not, I, I completely agree with you. I say all the time, like it takes just as much faith for you to believe God just existed here and made everything as it as for you to think that there was all the matter in the world was in a the size of a pen and just exploded and became what everything is. Yes. I mean, I've, we both I've said both this. live by faith. Check this out. It goes even deeper. Both of them live by faith in words written by men they've never met. For sure. But I think the big difference here is you're just talking about the creation. Um, and I'm, yeah. I can normally get behind, like, if you want to say uh, uh, God exists, you know, and he's there or whatever, that's fine. Um, being omnipresent, as you say. And then there's the other two things. It's God is you know omnipresent, omni something and omni something else. Um, I just don't believe in the judge part. You know, I just it's really hard for me to. And now I get different readings and different teachings and people are going to contact me and be like, quit being an atheist or an agnostic, whatever <laughs> the fuck I am. Um, I just whatever like, the fuck we so confused. We've seen the world and it's like, it's just not correct to be like, if you pray and you're a good person, good stuff's going to happen to you. And then people will be like, well, of course that's not, that's not what the Bible says. I'm like, okay, but that's what the fuck you believe every day. Like the things a lot of times that people preach and the things that you can tell people really do believe. And then whenever you question on it, they're like, well, I don't really believe that. Cause that's not the literal text. And I'm like, but you do believe it. Cause I can see you live it. Like, 
I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, I just don't think there's a judge. And if it's a judge afterwards and he lets kids get raped or starve and it's all for fucking a test of something, I don't know. I just can't get behind it. It makes me feel like I'm a better person than this God would be because I couldn't allow that to happen. And then, you know, I'm sure that leads into all kinds of other ethical arguments of like, well, he's doing it. Because like, I'd be a horrible God. I'd be smiting everybody. I'm right. like, oh, you drug bastard. It'd be like the Bruce Almighty movie or whatever. He's like just answering yes to all the prayers, you know, like. <laughs> They all win the lottery. I don't fucking know. Um, like, yes. Like, <laughs> you know what? But what I like about you that the average person doesn't have. And and I'm, uh, you know, I, the problem with me. Okay. So when I say, do I believe in God or do I not? I can't not believe in God. And here's why. I can't not believe in God because I see so much systems in, in, in design in the universe. I can't. See, there, that, a that to me called, proves the other part, though. When everyone's like, oh, a cell looks like the universe. It's God. I'm like, to me, that proves the other part theory i don't know <laughs> I, you know i don't know i mean it's like a car i mean i jump in my truck and it and i turn the ignition and it has a a, a a system and a purpose and a design like somebody built that in just like like billions of years everyone explains stuff in science like with billions of years and because of billions of years there things fall into play and it was slow i'm like okay when that um you know the frog or whatever the frigate was the the the, the first thing that jumped out of the water and took a breath at what point did it decide it needed a lung and how, cause I mean, nor, if it had jumped out, a fish jumps out of water, it can only you know breathe for so long. And, and there's another thing it's called irreducible complexity. It's an argument against, uh, uh, I guess evolution. And it's like, what, uh, what comes first in the, like your inner ear, like they use the ear cause it's a really good example. Um, it's called an irreducible system, like you, ir- irreducible complex system. Like you can't, if you reduce it down to basic components, you can't have, like an ear without certain systems. For example, you get your eardrum and then behind that there's a cochlea and an anvil and like the anvil like beats up against your drum and, and the cochlea touches these little hairs and those hairs send signal to your, um, or the stirrup and an anvil. That's what it is. Stirrup and an anvil. And it, and it basically makes vibrations, goes in your brain and is interpreted as a sound like what we hear right now. Right. And so if you reduce the, the, the stirrup, then you don't get that part and if you use the anvil or the eardrum you don't get that part so which came first the eardrum or even better the ear canal like did it have all of that and all of a sudden the ears opened up like how did it know that it needed a stirrup or an anvil like it was too it's too smart for to have just developed over and right, right. be explained over the years. overall theory that is the clock sense. it's called the clockmakers theory or the clockmaker fallacy something i know what you're the overall theory there's a lot of on both sides of it that you can get yeah, into. yeah, yeah, and that, I'm interested. That's the thing is most people don't. They just want all. Oh, here's the deal: if you grew up in India, you believe in in uh, in Buddha. If you grew up in Iraq, you believe in in Muhammad. You grew up in Israel, you you believe in uh, Judaism, not Jesus, but Judaism. You grow up in Dallas, you believe in the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so, like a lot of beliefs is based on where your geography is and, and what the 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 overall geography you know belief system of that area is. And most people don't want to ask questions and and. Socrates said that the unexamined life is not worth living. And I agree with that so much because I think that people just, I don't want to blindly believe just because that's what Warika, Oklahoma taught me. And that's all there is. I don't want to be stuck there. Now, again, when I look at the systems and and the way everything's designed, I just can't not see creation. I can't see chance. It's too random. Um, But at the same time, when I get back to the big bang or the let there be light, what created the mechanism, which is God or the matter itself? Like where did it come from? Like, so we're back at a we're we're back at a logical conundrum that we can't solve because we are created like we are born and we die 
we have, we're, we're stuck in the timeline of, of right the the watch the watchmaker's fallacy or whatever it's called something like that y'all can find it on YouTube is more or less yeah, if you walk through a field and you find a watch on the ground you know someone made that watch you know the gold and the gears and the screws didn't just come together and form a watch on its own you know it's too complex yeah. for that to happen but there's an argument I don't remember on the other side of like well then who the fuck made the watchmaker you know like yeah you can just go yeah. forever so um it is <laughs> it's something to study on and think about and i don't think you should just arrive at a conclusion because your mom told you to i think you should search it and that's the thing is like i'm not going to judge someone because they're devout atheist or devout christian or devout muslim devout whatever i'm not going to judge them for that i will if you're um, a devout I'm anything have- i'm going to judge you you know what you should be open-minded <laughs> By the way, H the Mo is judging devout people. Right. Like, <laughs> I, argued, I argued with this rapper the other day on Twitter because I to me, and he said, no one can judge me. And I fucking hate this phrase. And I go, wrong. Everyone on earth can judge you. You just don't have to care. And they're like, no, bro. Yeah. Only God judges me. And I'm like, you're so fucking right dense. You don't even get like what I'm saying. But I'm like, all right, man. Uh, Dude, I love it though, man. Like it's funny because I think initially when we kind of graduated and we were doing our separate life, I think initially we would clash on political uh, stuff or even. I just hated George W. Bush. I I don't think people What's realize that? I was just one of those kids that hated George W. Bush. Like he was such an idiot and he was so dumb. And then like he lied about the weapons, and so like I was an impressionable kid, and I was like he's so dumb. But now I look back and he's like he was a fun doofus. You know he was sweet. <laughs> it was funny though. Cause like, um, you know, it's like, it's funny cause I like George Bush. So my first gut instinct is to argue that point and I won't because I love you more than I love George Bush. Yeah, so there I, you go. I agree. I'm wrong now. Um, uh, but like, I just remember in high school, me thinking he was so that's, dumb. That's where you were. Like that's where yeah. I was politically. Yeah. And so it's, it's funny. Hey, anyone who's listening to the WMD thing, like I was in Iraq and a friend of mine that I would smoke with in the smoke pit, uh, they were doing like some secret squirrel shit and like uh, they found uh, mustard gas that was it was uh, manufactured by Iran. And so which was, again, like what the freak? Well, uh, they end up finding out that some of the WMDs that were reported that George Bush talked about. Um, George Bush got on TV and told CNN, like everyone, hey, here's the WMDs. Dude, they were shipped to Syria. Like like Saddam Hussein put them in a, in a truck and in, in trucks and they shipped them over to Syria. And so when we get there and we're trying to find them for it, we couldn't because they're not there. But they existed. Like there was there was extra stuff there. And so it's I don't I don't know why the they won't come out and just tell you that because I know that to be one hundred percent true. Likely but, story uh, anyway, from the Marine. Whole, that's what I what's said. What's that? It's a likely story from the Marine. <laughs> it is what it is. But uh but either way, like I don't like it's not it's not worth it to sit here and argue whether that's true or it's not true. Like I that's my my first hand knowledge, uh, which is second hand knowledge. And yours is what someone told you in the news. So like, or whatever. Right. So it's like, I didn't see them. You didn't see them. So where, I mean, it's a, it's such a, that's the things people get wrapped up in in stupid stuff. But I would say that what I was, my point I was getting at was you and I were polar opposite and we would, we kind of, I don't know, fell apart for that reason. I think Aaron Hall deleted me on Facebook like a long time ago. (laughs) Like she, she blocked me because she's so freaking like, like far left and I'm Whatever. I, I don't even consider myself far right or right anymore. Like I like to be an American. That's where I. That's where I'm at. I'm an American. But um, I vote third party on all the elections. So that's what I am. That's cool. I respect that a lot, actually. To be honest with you. And it's um, even if I don't agree with them, I will just because I think a dual party system is just it's just two people selling you different sides of the same coin, man. 
that's where I'm at, you know. But it is. It's causing so much division. I mean, they're they're blaming Trump. I'm like, well, what about y'all? Like, y'all are just constantly so in division. People don't know what the fuck Congress is. Like, people don't get how Congress works. They don't get how Congress is just in there forever, how they actually pass all the laws, how they're actually the ones that make stuff happen. Like, uh, the president, like, I learned that because, you know, and I'll, I'll take some shit about this from people, especially around here. I think Obama seems like a cool dude. Like, if I had to choose any president to smoke a joint with, Obama's probably top of the list. I don't know. Bill Clinton's sure, pretty cool, too. Um, but, like, I, I learned very quickly, like, oh, the president doesn't do anything. Like, they talk and shit, and they try, but, like, they can't actually do it. And, like, that was my big lesson in college, watching politics, right? Because our first election was, you know, that first Obama election. And so when Trump won and everyone blames Trump for stuff, the same stuff they blamed Obama for, when I'm like, guys, it doesn't – there's no difference. Like, it's Congress. Like, the president can say all he wants. Like, American policy is American policy. Like – like they were like they were like Trump attacked Iran is going to get us in a in a long war. I'm like, um, we've been at war with Iran indirectly for like 20 years now. Oh, actually longer than that, like 40 years probably. But um, yeah, Trump started it. You're right. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so um, but it, I guess to my to my point though was that you and I were so polar opposite. It's so funny because even though we're we literally lean differently in a lot of areas, the one thing that's super on the same track, you can't argue this at all, is that we're 100% aligned in the fact that we both ask questions and we don't just accept whatever status quo is because it's like, we don't, I don't think we lean left or right because we lean left or right. Like if we lean, like I will lean right on this topic, but there's things that are left and I'm like, man, that's a good point. Like, like, you know, I can't stand Obama or whatever, man, he's like, I kind of like what he's saying on this deal. I need to, you know, I kind of hope that wish they would figure that out and do that or whatever. So I don't know. I think we ask questions and, uh, and that's what I think I wish more people would do is just, you know, seek, um, rational understanding versus just picking a side like, Oh, Fox news said it. So that's what I'm going to say. And then, and then they don't actually look. Cause I'll, I'll watch CNN and those things too. I'll watch them all in a little bit. Like I don't watch much news, but I'll, I'll right. tune in. Like I tuned in during the Iran thing. I was like, all right, what happened? I want to know exactly. Cause you know, I'm kind of like, I don't, one hand, I don't want to go to Iran with a war with Iran. I wish we could get out of the Middle East pretty quick. But the other, thing, the other thing is I know that we need to, like, get they're, – they're, like, freaking funding all this terrorism. We really just need to, like, get rid of them or get – like, I like what Trump said. Dude, people I, – I, they, they didn't know what, how to how to trash talking because literally in his speech the other day, he was like – he's like, I'm standing here and I open we, – we have an open arm – for peace with Iran, if they will come into the and with the join the rest of the world, they could be very prosperous and have a really strong nation. They have a lot to offer, and we welcome you with open arms. He's like, just stop terrorism. And I was like, what? Like we're not bombing them? <laughs> like uh, it was cool, man. That was like one of the most measured responses ever. Regardless of he wrote it, someone else wrote it. I don't care. He said it, man. And um and you don't get you don't get to get credit for that like no one no one's give credit but they were stunned for a second they're like oh well if he wouldn't have shot the guy in the first place wouldn't be in that situation I'm like dude they needed to take this guy out like he's bad but anyway I like the fact we ask questions um, I like the fact that we um, you know try to seek understanding and we don't just take bullshit at face value like we look into it and and that's the thing religious philosophy politics think more people need to think like us don't don't think like us but just ask questions like us is what right. i'm saying um i agree and um, not like don't get mad at your friends because they have a different opinion like who cares like dude i know some good people who are like bleeding heart liberals who are like like 
the climate and all this other stuff and whatever else. And, and like, they will freaking straight up delete you on Facebook. If you have a different opinion or my favorite lately is like, if you voted for Trump, delete me off your friends there. I said it. I'm like, I'm not letting Trump get in the way of good friendship, like not happening. Yeah. You have a cousin, um, who thinks I'm a conservative and has deleted me three different times. Uh, and I post nothing political and <laughs> like ever and and yeah. they they like worked at a dispensary and so i was like oh i'll follow them you know that's cool and then uh i guess i shared a meme or something that set them off and they removed me so i added them again because i was like well that's weird you know and then they removed yeah. me within a week again and i was like oh okay well and i'm yeah. not even conservative yeah. right like i'm i'm pretty like i said i'm very libertarian that's what i like to share memes about and uh People get mad about that, and it'll be like, "Oh, oh, oh!" So you're Rand Paul. Rand Paul is a libertarian Republican, so you're right. a Republican racist. You're a xenophobic racist. Uh, yeah, whatever. Insert words like long words that are mean. Right. You're a bunch of long words that are mean. Um, and, uh, yeah, but yeah. So we went really long here, so we'll wrap it up. Uh, come on again sometime, man, if you're in, ever interested. I will say uh, we need to go fishing. I haven't went fishing in two years, even though my dad and yeah, my, we're doing- my parents moved to Warica Lake. Like it's like 75 yards from their door, and I still haven't oh. went fishing for two years. So, um, yeah, we're going to get on the boat and go fishing. That's happening. Yeah, it's going to be good in spring, especially. And like, yeah, we just need to, that, that's overdue for sure. Like, that- you're like my, literally my oldest friend on the planet. So, like, we've got to reconnect. Like, that's totally right. Happy. Well, and one of the, my favorite memories actually of, I think it was our junior year of high school, we all had, you know, vehicles and stuff. And me and you and Chance and Caleb and, and Justin, Boone, us five, for whatever reason, really got into fishing out of nowhere. I mean, like, we all fished, I guess, independently, but we, like, we started like meeting up after school to go fish at ponds. And that was yeah. like a really, it was really fun. And I tell people that they're like, y'all went fishing as like teenagers. I'm like, yeah, dude, but it was fucking awesome. So, yeah, um, it's a rare thing, but fishing's cool. I'm not a hunter. You know, I meet people that are like, well, how many deer have you killed? I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't do that. I just want to go fishing or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I deer hunt a little bit in high school and stuff, but I just can't, I don't know for whatever reason I don't want to get into it. Like it, I, I think it's so bored. expensive. Wait. looks so expensive. It is. Well, I don't even talk about expensive right. hunting <laughs> wouldn't save a lot of money, honestly, but, um, it can get expensive and I don't know. I'm just too impatient. And the thing for me is like when everyone starts hunting, the lakes get empty and it's just like, you can just own the lake. It's yours. Like there's not as many, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I'd prefer to fish. I mean, yeah. and I don't even hardly keep the fish anymore. I mean, if I crappie fish, I'll, I'll, you know, eat them, but uh, most see, time I just don't. Uh, my best friend in college, powwow, who was earlier, you were mentioned, you know, like being around someone who was nice and positive and stuff. Powwow was like my dude who was like, man, how does everyone just love him? He's so nice and positive. Um, but instead of me learning from him, I just used him. I just made him be the the mouthpiece for us as a friendship duo. Uh, but he loves fishing and he can clean a fish and like, like clean and flay a fish in like 10 seconds. So dude, what we need to do so is um, go somewhere cool, like, like broken bow. Like I could rent a cabin or something and like do a do a weekend thing like that. Go fishing, dude, that's, that's happening. We need to get a few people together from our class and, I don't know, find another boat or something. Well, I'm, like, just, I'm trying to get Jared to call in next week because he has a TV show coming out. So, uh, you know, maybe <laughs> we'll ask him, see what's going on. I know, Jared's killing it, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of him. He's like finding dinosaur bone. Like, he's doing everything that he was always like, I, I want to do. It's fucking bullshit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he's, 
He's, he's still ripped uh, decently. Like I got fat. Like everybody got fat. I'm, I'm, I, I'm back in the gym though, man. I'm, I'm trying to get it. I'll, and get the- I'll be honest. Uh, the only thing that brings me happiness in my life is the fact I weighed more in high school than I do now. Uh, when I, gra- <laughs> I know. I've seen you. When I graduated high school, I was up at like 280. Now I probably walked around at like 260, but then I started smoking pot my senior year and just started. Uh, Dustin White Cotton, who was this kid we went to school with, he just had a credit. Him. He had a credit card under his grandparents' name where he could just spend all the money he wanted. So he was just buying us an ounce every other day, and then it would just buy us all the Sonic we wanted. With a credit card? Well, he would go to an ATM, pull out the money, and then go to Sonic, you know, and run the credit card. And he would leave people like ten, fifteen dollar tips at Sonic. And I was like, dude, this dude's crazy. And um, yeah, that's how I got into it all real quick. And then yeah, so. And because I don't know, I need to cut the shit, but because drugs were or weed was illegal, like I became like a, a problem kid because I hung out with other problem kids, but I wasn't, I just needed a little weed, you know what I mean? But yeah, instead, just have- and like our, my friend Jonathan, who I haven't seen in years, like apparently he's, uh, you know, he's not even the same person anymore. He's Lindy. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, last uh-huh. I heard, I talked to Desiree. She said he was in jail. And uh, that he was rubbing his own feces all over himself. And so they're putting him in solitary. And I know this is fucked up to say it's funny, but I remember being 14 years old and him saying, if I ever go to jail, I'm covering myself in my own shit so no one fucks me. And like, I think that's really what he's doing. Like, I think because I I know this is insensitive, like, he had this craziness that went through his family. His mom snapped, his grandma snapped. They, you know, they're, like early onset yeah. dementia, maybe. Um, I think that's set in, but also he's doing this shit thing in jail because, you know, that's always been his plan. Now well, you I, called it. Like, you knew it was coming like this whole time. Like, right. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that sucks, man. It's weird. Like, you know, it's weird just watching everybody like go through life and stuff. And, and, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, you know, but like, yeah, that's, it's sad. Like, like Martinez died when he had that funeral. Like that right. was like, what? Like so random. Like, you know, but, um, well, and then there's yeah, Rebecca, then so- you know, our classmate Rebecca, her life in the last year. I don't want to get into it, but it's like, God damn, right. it's a fucking Lifetime movie. Um, Dude, she's honestly like the main person I talked to that we grew up with. Like, like her and I are still like best friends in the world. And like I saw uh, Blanca uh, during Christmas. Well, yeah, Christmas, yeah. yeah. Tanner was down and we went to Terrell. I put a thing in our in our high school group. I was like, hey, we're going to the I casino if y'all want to come out there. So they, they came out because of that post, no one else said anything. And we freaking have fun. Yeah. Um, I don't talk to many people, uh, like I said, but I'm trying to reach out to a few if anyone wants you know, call my podcast. I feel like we can make it work. Um, but all right, man, I'm letting you go. Get out of here. We've been cool. talking for fucking ever. Uh, this will come out Wednesday, by the way, just so you know. Um, and then cool. everyone listening, two days from now, we have a special Best of Music podcast coming out. So listen to that shit as well. Um, and uh, thanks, man. Yeah, man. Have a good one. All right. Peace. Beats.